Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 69 of We're Talking Shift, the podcast where I talk a lot of shift because I believe that when we feel stuck, when it's time to level up, rise to a challenge, or make any kind of meaningful shift in our lives, that process must begin with a shift in our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. Today, I am super stoked to talk to you all about my favorite beverage and one of the most consumed beverages on the planet, and that is coffee. You may not be aware that the latest research on coffee is revealing a host of fascinating info about that scrumptious smelling cup of deliciousness that has half the world consuming it daily, which brings us to today's guest, Jordan River. Now, Jordan is a professional podcast producer with over five shows in production in the field of health and wellness, personal development, and more. One of those podcasts is the Coffee, Health, and Science podcast, which serves as one of the world's most cutting-edge resources when it comes to information on health and coffee. And let me tell you, I've listened to a few of them, and I have learned even so much more about coffee. Um, It's really, really a fantastic podcast, so we'll be talking more about that later. But Being the coffee lover and and health freak that I am, I reached out to my fellow coffee lover and invited him to jump on over here to We're Talking Shift and share some of this cutting-edge research and all the good, bad, and the ugly stuff that he knows about coffee. So let's get to it. Jordan, welcome to We're Talking Shift. Thank you for that wonderful, comprehensive intro. You're welcome. I am so grateful to have you here today. Um, I know we're both obsessed with coffee. And, um, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. And really, I became obsessed with finding coffee, quality coffee, I should say, in like the mid to late 80s, somewhere around 1988-ish. That's when I first began really learning about holistic health and organic food. And so coffee was a really big focus for me because my thought was, you know, if you're a coffee lover, you're pouring gallons of this stuff, you know, through your body every week or, or, you know, close to it. And I know from listening to several of your podcasts and our earlier chat that, you know, we have so much in common about holistic health and, you know, when, when it comes to our beliefs in food is medicine and taking personal responsibility for your health, all that good stuff. So let's start there and, and how this became your passion and how this all ultimately connects with coffee. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I've been in the world of health and wellness for quite some time now, working in the personal development space, working with the personal development company Lifebook at Mind Valley. And, you know, about two years ago, my trajectory completely changed and launched me into the world of coffee. Now, you were into coffee and health before it was cool. I yeah. wasn't even drinking coffee until I entered this world. So here's how mm-hmm. it happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I started working with a company called Purity Coffee. And uh, yes. when I heard the idea of Purity Coffee, I, I realized that I had to involve myself with them. Basically, they were making the world's healthiest coffee. Their quest is to brew coffee, uh, sorry, produce coffee, with health in mind at every single step of the process. So when I heard about this, I was super fascinated. I'd heard a little bit about the, the, the statistics around coffee and health, 
And when I dug in, I was astounded at what I found. And, you know, Laura, you, you, you touched on it right at the beginning of the show. Coffee is actually the second most consumed beverage on the planet behind water. It is also, it's also the second most tra- traded commodity behind crude oil. It's a mm. multi-billion dollar industry. Wow. It is maybe the most misunderstood food product, which is mm-hmm. strange because it's also the most heavily studied food product. So needless to say, someone who's as curious and inquisitive as me when I, when I you know, breach this subject of coffee and health, my world was completely sent down this path. And I started drinking purity coffee for the health benefits, fell in love, and now it is my go-to beverage. So yeah, uh, that eventually led me to, to create the Coffee Health and Science podcast because Purity Coffee was looking to create the most comprehensive library on the studies surrounding coffee and health. And I said, well, you know, nothing's better to convey information, uh, as you know, Lori, in mm-hmm. 2020 than a podcast. So we totally. got started. Uh, I hooked up with Dr. Coffee. I hooked up with Dr. Sanjeev Chopra from Harvard Medical, and I've never looked back. It's been my life calling ever since. Yeah, I've I've heard a couple of your episodes with with each of those doctors, and I am just like, wow! I there's so much more. I mean, I probably know a little bit more than the average person, but I had no idea. And it is so exciting because it, this is just another thing that a lot of people don't realize. Coffee can be it can be good, it can be bad, it can be downright ugly, or it can be it could absolutely be medicinal. Excuse me. Yeah. So to understand some of these key components about the coffee that you're drinking, again, you know, if you're, if you're somebody that doesn't drink coffee that much or you have an occasional cup, it's probably not a big deal. But I think for those of us that, that, you know, we, we look forward to getting up every morning to our coffee, you know, the, the smell of the smell of that, you know, and maybe that afternoon cup. I mean, we just consume. Oh, there's a love affair going on with it. And I don't drink coffee necessarily for the caffeine, although I do enjoy having that, you know, in the morning. But I love the flavor of coffee. I just love the beverage. So I think when it's something that you are pouring through your system that consistently, it you know, it makes sense to be aware of to be aware of the benefits or the dangers of the substance that you're putting through your body so every day. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much there's so much that I want to touch on there. First of all, you're absolutely right. The thing about healthy coffee specifically is it's one of the easiest high leverage moves that you can make in your life for your health and fitness. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, you know, getting someone who doesn't exercise to begin exercising an optimal amount five days a week. That's going to be very, very challenging. There's going to be a lot to move around. Sure. Switching to a healthy coffee and drinking more of it is a very easy move to make and a very enjoyable move, a lot of people will find. And it actually has incredible impacts on your disease prevention uh, when it comes to your health and wellness. I mean, and that the numbers of, uh, when it comes to the disease, disease prevention actually rivals something like exercise. So it's an easy shift. And it's a very, very high leverage shift. Now, I also want to talk about what you said about waking you up in the morning, this love affair. Mm -hmm. There is so much more going on in coffee than the average person knows and than even the experts know. And here's what I mean by that. There are literally hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of compounds in the coffee cherry. And when it's roasted, many more compounds are created, destroyed, and altered. So we're still finding out about all these things. And people say, yeah, the caffeine wakes you up. Well, if it's the caffeine, then why doesn't a monster energy 
drink make you feel as good as a cup of purity coffee? Yeah. The answer is everything else in the coffee. There's an incredible amount of things like chlorogenic acid, which are anti-inflammatory and antioxidant. So that makes you feel better. There are terpenes and plant phenols. It's basically, if, if I can simplify it in lay terms, liquid plant life that mm-hmm. energizes you. These, these terpenes actually can stimulate you in minor ways. And when it all works together, it's called the entourage effects. And you've got things like melanoidins and all these different compounds that give you that holistic coffee buzz. Now, if we are not, here's what we're not talking about, Lori. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned this in the beginning of your riff. There is medicinal coffee and there is non-medicinal coffee. And let me yes. tell you, most of the coffee out there is non-medicinal. Yeah. So if you're putting sugar in your coffee, that's just a no-no. If you're putting whipped cream and pumps and all that, that's not what we're talking about. Right. There is some debate on, you know, the keto guys will say add the butter. You know, the, the vegan guys will say just go with some agave. Whatever, all that aside, stay away from the sugar additives. Stay away from the whipped creams. None of that. You should be treating your coffee like a medicinal beverage, like mm-hmm. the health extract drink that it is. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. And honestly, for me, I like I like a really, really robust, dark, rich coffee. And I love it when it's good, just black. And then on occasion, and I just kind of follow what my body feels like doing. If my body feels like something a little bit bumped up, then I might do my own version of like a bulletproof, which I which I call a fat coffee. Um and I'll do a little, you, you refer to that kind of the keto coffee. I'll do, you know, just a little bit of this, uh, a, little, a little butter, a, a little, uh, what is it, a coconut oil. And then I'll even put just a little, like a teaspoon of uh, vanilla collagen in there um, and whip it up. But, you know, it's not, it's not the regular. It's just good black coffee is when it's good. It's so rewarding, <laughs> just like it is. And it seems like, you know, you can adulterate it so much with all that other stuff that you really would be just better off going and getting a Dairy Queen because, honestly, you know, the difference between a um, a, a small chocolate shake and a large vanilla Frappuccino is almost zero with when it comes to fat and calories. So, you know, garbage in, garbage out. for your health. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's definitely key to keep in, in mind. And also, I'll tell you, the production of the coffee really, really matters. This is something that we've discovered through scientific testing. You know, um, I hate to break it to any anti-organic people out there, but coffee really opened my mind to organic growing and natural farming and, and the effects that that has on the end food products. Now, I've been, in, I've been deep into this for a long time, so there's lots of people listening who are prob- probably already familiar with this sort of thing. You know, I spoke with Chris Trump. Uh, from Natural Farming Co. And he was talking about the scientific lab tests that he did on his macadamia nuts and on these farms that he runs with natural methods and how the magnesium uh, was higher and they were, they were more nutritious even though the soil had less nutrients because he was tending to the microbial life. It's an incredible subject and we cover it on the Coffee Health and Science podcast. So I've been up on this, but I'll tell you what surprised me, Lori, is if you mm-hmm. go back to the first episode of the Coffee Health and Science podcast, Dr. Sanjeev Chopra comes on the show, talks about coffee, and I tell him, you know, we have to choose organic coffee, right? I was queuing him up to say avoid pesticides, avoid the bad, yeah. bad stuff. But yeah, that's what I thought. It was surprising. What he said was, we are now finding out that organic foods are probably better for you than non-organic foods. Now, this is coming from the Harvard Dean of Education. This is the guy who teaches the next generation of doctors. So for him to be saying this 
is a pretty mm-hmm. big step out of the niche natural farming world into mainstream uh, medical care. So it's, it's really interesting what, what's happening, and I'm kind of finding myself in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, it, it, and here's the thing. It, it surprises me that it's not easier to find in this day and age good quality organic coffee. Three percent of the supply qualifies as organic. Yeah, it's it's not easy. And so, you know, you're going to have to go to the, you know, like a Whole Foods or you're going to have to, you know, go online or, you know, there's like one brand that might sell it in the grocery store. Uh, so, you know, you have to be pretty proactive if you're going to be really committed to drinking your um, high quality organic coffee. You do have to be committed and find it and make sure you're stocked up on it because it's not like walking down the aisle and pulling out, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to weed through a lot of stuff and you probably aren't going to find it in your typical grocery store. But I like that what is you a, said about the standards are high. Yeah. Um, they're, they're surprisingly high, you know, not just the way it's grown, but the way it's transported and stored, the lack of use of pesticides, the lack of use of artificial fertilizers. It's a real, and listen, I can't speak for the rest of the food industry, but I do know coffee and I do know coffee organic certification and you are going to get a better product that actually tests higher in healthy compounds at the end of the day, which surprises some people. But if you're up on the natural farming science that's, that's really out there, it's not surprising at all. It all makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. So let's say that you are someone that is all about it and you are committing to getting your organic, your awesome medicinal quality coffee and you get it home. Now what? Does it make a difference um, in how you brew it in your coffee maker? Because I know for me, I, I mean, different coffee makers make your coffee taste different. And what happens when it's sitting in that pot, you know, for an hour and a half, and now it has that kind of scorchy taste? Does it degrade the health properties of the coffee? So let's talk a little bit about that. Some rules of thumb, and these are just going to be general guidelines to have in mind when you're thinking about the health of your coffee. So, of course, freshness. A lot of people don't know this, but most of the coffee on store shelves is stale. That's why they don't put a roast date. They put a best-by date. Sometimes it takes months for, for it to ship over on the slow boats that it comes on and gets rebranded. So if you can find fresh coffee, that is ideal, either a local place or a subscription program like Purity Coffee who ships it out right after it's roasted. Freshness mm-hmm. is key, not just from the time it's harvested, not just from the time it's roasted, but from the time it's brewed and ground. So once it's ground, its uh, health benefits begin to decay or degrade 15 minutes after grinding. Oh, so you really want to get that. Yeah, you really want to get yeah. it in your coffee maker and made. You know, one thing I like to do is put it in my coffee maker before bed. And then yeah. the next morning, hit it. I'm definitely losing a lot of a lot of uh, health benefits. But, you know, you. you yeah. Win the battles where you can, <laughs> right. how far you want to go. But if you're going right. all out, you don't want to do that. You want to have that freshly, freshly ground, fresh coffee, um, definitely, definitely key. I would say the production practices are much more important than the brewing practices. Okay. Um, boiling, boiling water is a cooling process. You know, boils a little over 200 degrees, depending on your altitude. Um, so, you know, people brew with that boiling water. I would like to see people, if they're very, very conscious, go a little bit lower than that. If you see some of the really, really talented pour-over guys, they get the water barely boiling, but then when they pour it, 
they usually lift the spout up. If you've seen that move where they lift it up, that's because as the hot water is falling through the air, it's actually cooling a little cooling bit it. before sure. it hits the coffee. Yeah. So I would, like to see, I would like to see people do it a little bit, maybe less hot than they, than they might imagine. But really the most important thing is getting a good quality coffee and brewing it however you want to consume it. Again, mm-hmm. not tainting it with sugar, not tainting it with creamers and things like that. That's how you get a quality, health-conscious coffee. Yeah, that's interesting about the pour. Um, I never thought about it, that it was just kind of cooling the water a little bit. I just figured it was a flair for the dramatic, <laughs> you know, just like making it look cool really too. good. Yeah, it looks really <laughs> yeah, great. totally. And again, <laughs> but, the Coffee Health and Science podcast, there is a lot of science behind brewing. Don't let me undersell it. But I'm here to summarize, so that's that's my, yeah. my overview. Yeah, well, and it's like you said, I mean, if – However you can, the best you can, do the best you can, because if you set yourself up with so many new rules, especially all at once about how it's going to be so perfect, sometimes it actually is discouraging because it's a lot. So if you're, I think if you're somebody that's, that's listening to this and you're doing your kind of usual store-bought, you know, or your generic brand and you put it in your Mr. Coffee and, and you brew it and you don't really think much about it and then all of a sudden you have a list of a dozen new ways to do this, it, it could be a little overwhelming. So I think you're right. Start with um, one step, you know, baby steps, and then kind of move into becoming a real guru about it, you know, if uh, if if you're called to. I am. I'm like... I I just actually learned now from you too, um, grinding the beans. You don't want to grind up enough for a couple of days. Like sometimes I'll be like, all right, I'll just grind these up for enough for two or three days and then I won't have to do it again. And now I'm like, okay, I better just back that up a little and do it every day if I really want to get the full maximum benefit out of my coffee beans, which I do because I'm a big fan of purity coffee. So I know we're sounding um, listeners like a, like, um, you know, a commercial for purity coffee, but that's okay. I don't mind because I'm, (laughs) I'm really big about promoting it. I love that coffee and I don't know that I'm not aware of anything better on the planet so far that exists than that coffee brand. So I look forward to it and I, I share it with everybody that I can. Exactly. And and here's why I promote purity coffee. I'm happy if the, if the listeners switch to an organic coffee that they like and that they will stick to. That's what I, that's all I ask of the listeners, go organic, find a coffee that you like, drink more of it. That's all I ask. The thing is no one does the level of testing and retesting that purity coffee does. And it reflects in our price point, but that's what you get for the best coffee on the planet is the coffee that nature intended. So again, they're, they're really, if you're drinking organic pesticide free coffee, you're getting the health benefits. But if you want to step it up that extra notch and get coffee that is tested at the highest levels of antioxidants on the market, Purity Coffee is the go-to. So I got to tell this. Here's the thing. I'm a truth teller, and it's the most antioxidant-rich coffee. So if it's up your alley and if you are inclined to drink it, I definitely recommend Purity. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, let's talk for a second about that antioxidant aspect, because the other thing I didn't realize was that purity coffee or a really, you know, good quality organic coffee is a superfood. And one of the reasons being that it's so high in antioxidants, one of the highest antioxidant foods, I think, on the planet. Do I have that right, Jordan? It's like higher than... Western diet. I mean, it's higher than 
then most of the things that you see when you Google, you know, foods high in antioxidants, you see the usual list of, you know, dark chocolate and blueberries and, you know, whatever. Um, and this just is far above that, isn't it? Dark chocolate ranks at 8.38 micromoles per 100 grams. And that's chlorogenic acid. It's one of the most effective antioxidants and it's one of the most common antioxidants. Blueberries rank at 9.24 uh, micromoles per 100 grams. So that's a little bit higher there, you know, jumping, um, mm-hmm. what's that, maybe 12% higher. Coffee is at 22.73 micromoles. So it's over double blueberries. Uh, there really is nothing like it. And and the other thing is, it's quite easy to consume a couple cups of coffee back to back to back. You got to go buy a lot of blueberries if you're going to be waking up every morning and shoving handfuls in your mouth. Yeah, right. So not only is it more rich, but it is much more ingestible. It is much more easy to incorporate into, again, these are the high leverage, easy moves for your overall health, specifically disease prevention. And, you know, when it comes to antioxidants, this is really what fascinates the doctors who I talk to. With the Coffee Health and Science podcast, I'm in this incredible role where I'm a podcaster, I'm a layperson, but I'm talking to doctors and I'm going, do you know this information? Let me refer you to Sanjeev Chopra's talk. Let me refer you to here and Mm -hmm. there. And one of the things that really piques their interest is this anti-inflammation and antioxidant uh, effect. And what's really interesting, Lori, is again, blueberries don't have the same dementia prevention statistics. Blueberries don't have the same heart disease prevention statistics. And the reason that is, is all of this chlorogenic acid, all of these antioxidant compounds are coupled with this entourage effect that I mentioned before. Something Mm -hmm. about the caffeine, something about the melanoidins and the terpenoids and and the plant phenols all work together and synergize and create this incredible neuroprotectant and uh, hepaprotectant and, and all of these different incredible health qualities in coffee. We really don't understand it. That's what I'm, what I'm, what I'm learning is we don't know what's happening with all these compounds. We just mm-hmm. know that there's hard data to show that it prevents all sorts of disease, and it probably has something to do with the antioxidant quality and the caffeine specifically. Yeah, I think, uh, and for, for listeners that aren't um, super health nuts and you are you know that antioxidants are supposed to be good, but you're not exactly sure why. So just quickly, antioxidants, you guys fight the free radicals and, and they have been linked to a number like what we're talking about now, potential health benefits, including protection against heart disease and, and cancer and uh, a whole host of other diseases, most of our self-imposed diseases in the West anyway. Um, And then, of course, reducing inflammation, which is another pretty fundamental key to just about all of our chronic disease, I believe. Um, Do you agree, Jordan? And I have this incredible um, position where I get to talk to natural wellness, wellness specialists and then follow that up with a call to a Harvard doctor, really two sides of the spectrum. And all, really all doctors agree that either all disease comes from inflammatory states or at least all diseases are very prone to manifest when your body is in an inflammatory state. That mm-hmm. is definitely a fair statement that I'll say across the board. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on how far into it, you, you know, they are into the in, inflammatory process. You know, they'll have different opinions. But at this point, it's pretty widely accepted. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I just find it so, um, so amazing. Um, I was just talking to a, a 
family member two days ago. In fact, it was literally the day after um, I listened to one of your latest uh, podcasts about um, the effect um, when it comes to dementia, you know, the brain, Alzheimer's and and medicinal coffee on that. And I was so uh, I was so fascinated by it. And then I was talking to a family member who was saying, you know, aunt so and so is starting to show signs of that very condition. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sending links and say, you've got to listen to this at least now while you're waiting to figure things out, start drinking some purity coffee, please. Why wouldn't you, you know? Um, what do you think Jordan would be the top biggest coffee myths? It'd be that coffee is bad for you. Um, and it's, it's wild because it does have these incredible protecting qualities against things like dementia, against things like cancer, and people actually think that it can contribute to those things. And there's a reason for that, Lori. We're going to do a whole episode on it. I can't get too deep into it here. But basically, there were a lot of studies done in the 50s on health and wellness. I'm sure you know how well those usually go when <laughs> sugar companies were paying off people to point the finger at fat for causing diseases, all sorts of craziness going on in the 50s. Right. Well, coffee got swept up into that too. Uh, coffee got linked to breast cancer. Coffee got linked to a bunch of things, of course, not accounting for the incredible amount of alcohol consumption that was going on, the incredible amount of inactivity. Everybody was smoking. Doctors were still recommending cigarettes. There yeah. were some very sketchy false studies done in the 50s showing that coffee is bad for you. And that really has stuck even till today. I'm stunned at how many people and even health professionals still have that stigma. I would say yeah. there's, there's still a, a decent portion of health professionals that, that think those studies were true. And of course, we have hundreds and hundreds of, these aren't just little instances, little statistics here and there. These are meta studies done on coffee in the decades since then that show the exact opposite. And in fact, if you account for risk factors like drinking and smoking and inactivity, a lot of those old studies are actually reversed. So I'd say definitely one of the biggest coffee myths is that coffee is bad for you. Another myth that I'll dispel right here is an interesting one. Uh, maybe the more advanced coffee aficionados will appreciate this. The myth that Robusta, Robusta is somehow inferior. Now, coffee people may know about the different species of coffee, uh, you know, you have Arabica, which is kind of considered the you know, higher quality bean, and then there's the Robusta, the kind of generic bean that doesn't have the same flavor, you know, doesn't have the same quality. Well, really interestingly, at Purity Coffee, they're finding that it carries some unique health benefits when it comes to diabetes and some other, some other chronic diseases, that there are unique health properties to Robusta, and Purity is going to work on a blend, a specific health blend with little bits of Robusta to try and target different diseases. So you may eventually mm. see from uh, Purity Coffee, and we hope other coffee companies, health-conscious blends, diabetes blend, Parkinson's blend. You know, we tested to make sure and the melanoidin levels are extra high. So if you have a family history of Parkinson's, you can drink this coffee. That's something that I'm very, very excited about and something that I, I was definitely a holder of that misconception. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, the more <laughs> the more reasons and the more options we have for medicinal coffee i i think the better i everyone should be able to find something that they love um and you know what it just i i'm just going back for a second because i don't want to lose a thought um you mentioned about caffeine earlier and and you're right you know get the the 
all caffeine is not created equal. And I used to think, you know, there's just a different strain of caffeine in, you know, in certain teas and in certain coffees. And then you mentioned, um, you know, the energy drinks, but maybe it's not so much about the caffeine as it is the, the combination of that caffeine with the other properties in the, in the coffee beans. And I just think that's really interesting to note too. So just, just, yeah. Yeah. The the no dose pills aren't going to give you the same health benefits as a cup of coffee. And what's also interesting you'd find Lori is comparing health studies on decaf to caffeinated decaf still holds a lot of the disease prevention when it comes to the liver, when it comes to lots of different parts of the body, but loses some specifically the neuroprotecting, the brain protecting qualities. So we don't really know what's going on, but we do know that it helps somehow. Very fascinating. Yeah, and I'm hoping, um, because I occasionally love to have um, a cup in the afternoon, but I cannot have caffeine after like 12 o'clock because I'm super sensitive to it and it wakes me up. It has like a time-delayed effect and it'll wake me up at 2 in the morning for a couple of hours. So I have to, if I want to enjoy a coffee in the afternoon, I have to go to a decaf and I was... Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering if I lose a lot of... uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I recommend that people do do that. And, you know, there's actually a lot of things you can look into for the caffeine sensitivity. Of course, my partner, Dr. Coffee, when he hears someone is caffeine sensitive, he doesn't accept it. He has all sorts of things you can do to drink more coffee and (laughs) alter your diet this way and that sort of thing. But personally, I get it too. I drink coffee late into the night. I just switch to decaf at a certain point and you're still getting a lot of those health benefits. So, yeah, I highly encourage that. Yeah, I'll take it. I, I just I grind up some of my purity, my my decaf beans, and and I enjoy that. Um, say, have you heard of the of the baking soda hack to help neutralize the acidic um, nature of coffee? You know, the, to balance the pH is that that's something that I do. I learned about it a few years ago. Putting a pinch of baking soda in your coffee. I wondered if that's something that you had heard about, or maybe we need to ask one of the oh, never heard the of doctors. It. I have not heard of that. Definitely interesting. And it would definitely be useful in a lower quality coffee when the acid acid levels do get pretty high. If you have a medium roast or a dark roast organic, the uh, acidic effect on your body shouldn't be too impactful. But if Mm -hmm. that's something that you're concerned about, that makes sense to me. But I'd never heard of that. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to know more about it. I haven't been able to find much online um, other than, you know, some demonstrations and people saying, yeah, this, you know, reduces the um, acidity of your coffee. And then they do like the little alkaline strip in there, you know, comparing. And so um, I started doing that a few years ago and actually before I learned about purity coffee. Um, but it would be interesting to uh, ask one of your doctors uh, at some point what their opinion on that. I'm I'm just curious if there's if there's any real validity to it, or if, like you said, maybe yes for um, for some of the lower grade, higher acidic coffee blends out there. That's interesting, though. It's if you just put a little pinch in there, and it, you know you put too much if you can taste it. If you just put a little pinch, you can't taste it, and it, I don't know. It's a curious thing. So. Tell me about a going rogue story. Do you have one, Jordan? I don't know if you remember when we talked about it before. I love it when I have um, a guest that's willing to share a time in their in their life or their career path or just anything that you um, you know were just going in one direction and and at some point you just decided to put the brakes on and do you know a one eighty and just 
kind of break protocol and just go in a whole other direction. And maybe it was challenging or scary or disapproved of, but you did it anyway. And it turned out to be like the best choice for your life, change the course of it. Do you have a story like that? My whole life is a chain of those events. So I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you an answer to, to promote the idea of going rogue, but then I'll also dial it back and kind of give my bigger, bigger life philosophy on it. Yeah, cool. basically, so Laura, you're familiar with me. You're familiar with my family and the story of life. Look, my yes. father was an entrepreneur and um, he's kind of got a wild hair. And of course, when I, you know, he had me as his son, I was the same exact way. I mean, I've had a ridiculous career path. I started my first business at 13. I was selling uh, cheats and hacks to a popular MMORPG game through my website at age 16. Uh, I produced two full-length hip-hop albums when I was 18 and 19. Do not ask me to share them with you. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I find, Lori, that some people are just destined to follow their own path and not um, conform to the regular roles of, of society. And yeah. I don't want to say this in a disparaging way because really life is just all about satisfaction, gratitude, and happiness. Yep. And if you feel fulfilled and gratified in your role, that's all there is. Never second guess whatever your, your role is. However, some people just cannot stay in one space, cannot stay in that one cubicle. And I'm one of those people. And if mm -hmm. you are one of those people, my, my number one piece of advice is to follow your intuition and ride that roller coaster the whole way because you miss all the shots you don't take. And I, I can tell you having been all over the place. And, and really, here's the thing. Here's the thing about going rogue, glory. I'm kind of riffing here. Yeah, People are scared of failure. People yes. are scared that they're going to try something new and they're going to fail and that it's going to be a loss, that they're going to take an L and that they're going to be 0-1 and, and everyone's going to laugh. It, it, it's very, very powerful and helpful to your life if you can shift out of that mind state. And let me explain. When it comes to any venture, when it comes to any life experience, the most important thing, in my opinion, the most important question you can ask yourself at the end is, did you grow from that experience? Did you gain experience points? Did you level up? Did you learn something? Did you somehow grow from that experience? If the answer is yes, then that's a win. Yeah. It doesn't matter how bad it was. It doesn't matter if it was a failed business. It doesn't matter if it was a messy divorce doesn't matter how bad you think you have it. Did you grow? If the answer is yes, then that was a win. And you need to look at it like a win. And you need to not be scared of those failures. Because I'll tell you, winning streaks don't teach you much. No. Losing streaks are full of lessons. So I really think it depends on the type of person you are. I, I've, I've been a rogue since birth. So it's just kind of my instincts to you know, yeah. go off on these different life paths. But yeah. the most important thing is to remain authentic to yourself. And, and find what makes you fulfilled, happy, and gratified. Well said. I couldn't agree more. That's just awesome. And I think uh, I love what you said about um, of even if you even if you fall on your face, basically, even if you have failures, those are the things that you learn from, that you grow from. And I would add, those are the very things that make you so resilient. I, I mean, I, I've done that myself, too, since a young age, tried, you know, dropping out of school and, and going and doing this and going and doing that. And like ridiculous failures, just ridiculous failures. But 
it's like, yeah, but I'm still here and I've learned so much. And it's like when you feel like nothing really phases you. And that's because I think of all of those experiences and you come up against challenges and sometimes they just really kick your ass. But wow, the the resilience that you build and the courage that you build to tackle the next thing is invaluable. Self-esteem which is a, which is the relationship and the rapport that you have with yourself and it really takes a shift in, in mind state that's all that takes it's a, it's a it's a wild concept but you can go from feeling like a total loser who just has all losses to someone who feels resilient by a simple shift in the way you think totally it, it, which right that's that's the whole opening of, that's the whole thing about this show you've got to shift your thinking you have to shift that's why we talk all about shifting in one way, shape, or form on this show. And today, we're hoping that a lot of people are going to shift their views and their protocols on drinking coffee because there is so much goodness in this for you that I, I really uh, I feel like sharing this information to me was so important. And I know there's just way more we could talk about it, but I think we gave the folks um, listening a really good starting point and understanding of why they want to really think about this and maybe make some changes today. I Jordan? feel like, are you there? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. L- let me, let me say this. Let me wrap up with this thought, with this thought. I think that this really hits home now more than ever because people are looking to take care of their own body. They're looking to take responsibility for their health. I think we all know the story of the people who get caught up in the medical system. You know, the, the story yeah. of you get on a medication to fix the problem, which leads to another medication, which leads to a side effect and another medication. And, you know, with all the miracles that modern medicine has provided, there's also been this kind of vacuum of responsibility. And so people are looking for these ways to improve their health on their own. You know, there's this huge movement of taking responsibility for your health. So like I said, if you have a family history of liver disease or Parkinson's or dementia or even depression, uh, tons of different cancers that coffee can prevent, take responsibility for your health. Get on a, a good, clean, organic coffee and have this be part of your daily routine to highly statistically reduce your chances of these chronic crippling diseases. You you won't regret it. And no one's going to do that for you. You know what I mean? This is something right. we take into our own hands. So so I'm, yeah. I'm proud to be um, the conveyor of, of this information and this message. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of people are, you know, the excuse is um, the resources. Well, you know, it's but it's more expensive. But boy, if you really think about it, um, you know, isn't isn't the ill health the greatest cost to you way far greater than, you know, a few extra dollars on some quality coffee that can that can have a huge effect on your health. So cut out something else and reallocate those dollars to something that is going to help you instead of harm you. General, that's that is prioritizing your health and fitness. And it may seem at times to be a not profitable move, but really in the long run, it is. And, And all of the most successful and healthy people will tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing I wanted to just touch on real quick, and I, this, this is not so much about the medicinal qualities of, of coffee, but um, just another good reason to go that route, though, because I think that we are also so addicted 
as we should be, to rituals as long as they're uh, rituals that don't harm us, you know, healthy rituals. And I think that, um, again, that ritual of, of drinking coffee, um, and I, I was just talking to my daughter-in-law about this um, the other day, and we're comparing notes about, you know, when we get up in the morning and husbands, you know, bring a cup of coffee in bed and you look forward to having that time over that coffee to sit and, you know, to start your day or to meet up in the afternoon or, you know, I started drinking coffee when I was five years old with my grandmother, and I'm sure she had no idea that the coffee that she was probably giving me, you know, with a couple of lumps of sugar was probably not the healthiest good idea. But I, but I have the best memories of these rituals with my, you know, with my grandmother drinking coffee and with my family or my, you know, my daughter when we go visit. Um, so I think that that's a big part of it. And if you have these wonderful rituals that are such a huge part of your life, Again, make sure that you're doing something, you know, healthy for yourself beyond just the experience of the moment. Give your body something really good because we are such creatures of habit and and those rituals, you know, if they're not healthy, they can bite you in the ass when you're, you know, you're not expecting it. It is really has such a deep, rich history in human ritual. The ancient Turkish coffee houses at uh, the height of ancient Turkish society, is where the elite would gather and exchange ideas and argue over politics. And like you said, we've incorporated it into our personal lives so much as this ritual. One of the people who I work with, one of my dear, dear friends, Dr. Joel Wade, I got to plug his podcast. It's called the Mastering Happiness Podcast. Mm-hmm. Tools and strategies to live a happier, healthier life. Everyone needs to su- subscribe to it. I, I do that show for free because I support this man's work so much. He talked about the ritual aspects of coffee and how that may play into our overall health and well-being. When I had um, Dr. Sanjivan for the longevity episode, he talked about meditation and how meditation can heal and elongate your telomeres, which is a a genetic indicator of how long you're going to live. Basically, meditation makes you live longer. And there's something very, very meditative about first thing in the morning. You're part of your morning ritual. People talk about morning rituals yep. when you're just focusing on grinding the coffee. You're not focusing on anything except the amount of water that you're putting in. You're you know, adding the filter. This little ritual yep. may have some sort of meditative quality, which will benefit our health as well. And like you said, it's somewhat of a love affair. It's somewhat of a respite. And I got to tell you, that contributes to your overall sense of well-being. Yes. And, and that's one of the things Dr. Joel Wade has taught me is it's all intertwined. We like to put up barriers between mental health and emotional health and physical health and feeling good from being charitable. All of those things are the same. That all plays into life and health. And I think that coffee shows up a couple different places there. So I'm all about it. And and I think it's really one of the most incredible human rituals that we involve ourselves in. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's so powerful. I think it's so much more powerful. I think than people are consciously aware of. But I think with uh, hopefully with with our podcast today and and all of the the podcasting that you're doing and the doctors that you're working with, the uh, the news is going to spread. There's <laughs> there's a new kid in town. <laughs> this <laughs> purity coffee um, or any. I'm all about it. You know, again, yeah. again, it's like people need to know this. This is interesting. And there's a lot of misconception out there. Again, if we can get them drinking purity, great. But just switch to an organic coffee. You will not regret it. And let's reshape the way we think about 
this this widely consumed beverage that we already love. Let's give ourselves permission and step up our game when it comes to quality. Well said. I love it. Jordan, where can people find out more about you and your podcast? What can you share with us? PurityCoffeePodcast.com will bring you to the Coffee Health and Science Podcast, so check that out. PurityCoffee.com, if you want to get started there, promo code PODCAST gets you 10% off your first order. We'd love to have you. But again, just important to get you drinking organic. That's what you should take away from this episode. Um, Shout out to the Mastering Happiness Podcast, which I produce. Definitely would entertain your audience. And of course, Lifebook, designing your ideal life vision and mapping out the steps to get there. Anyone who's interested in Lifebook, just Google it. Find it at Mind Valley. It's everywhere. And um, we're kicking butt. I just want to thank you, Lori. You're you're a wonderful yeah. host. This was a very enjoyable time. I can't believe how fast it flew by. It's and good. Um, if you ever want me to come back on and wrap some more, I'd be happy to. I would love that because I would. Um, I'm a huge fan of Lifebook. I did it a few years ago, and um, and I would love to have you back to talk about Lifebook. And I'm sure we can find a couple of other great subjects. So um, I will definitely take you up on that offer. Please come back. Talk to you later. Thank you so much, Lori. Wow, you guys, that was fantastic. I I bet you had no idea that the right kind of coffee is actually a superfood with a ton of important health benefits for us. So I hope that you're, um, if you're a coffee lover like me and like Jordan and you drink it every day, you'll do right by your, your brain and your body and you'll allocate some of your resources to getting the best coffee that you can find. Whatever it is, try to find something that's organic, the highest quality that, that works for you. Um, it's uh, it's kind of a no-brainer, really. You heard all of the information there, and and please check out um, his Coffee Health and Science podcast, too, because there is a ton more information. But uh, that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us today. Please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you got something good out of this episode, please give me a rating and help spread this good shift around by sharing it with your friends. Until next week. Stay feisty, my friends. Go forth and make some epic shift happen in your life. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.